that's tough. Like I, I want to work with my friends. Like I yeah. enjoy doing work with people <laughs> that I like working with. And like, I don't know if they got money, like that's sweet. But I, again, like it's dream project and dream client would be like, Manny just lets me do whatever I want to yeah. do. All right, gang, welcome to another episode of Vision, Hustle, Grit and Gratitude. And I am going old school keeping it real massive 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 love uh for the group that i'm about to introduce the robotoaster gang andy and jimmy two of the most incredible most inspiring most creative most gripful humans uh in my personal rolodex and sphere of influence i love these guys these guys on behalf of robotoaster their company are the back office, the engine, the creative partner in genius, not only to everything our firm does in terms of video partnering with our local visionary and champion, Chad Miles, but our content on the podcast, a lot of our content on traditional platforms like LinkedIn, but they are the genius behind total Michigan domination, TMD the logo, the brand, the mindset that the world is falling in love with here in the great state of Michigan. Guys, I am so happy you're here with me. It's a privilege. And, and I love that we get to invest an hour together. Hello. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, thanks for having us. Yeah, we're excited to be on. Like you said, you know, we've known you for, for quite some time. I, I, you're like one of the people that like, I feel like we've become really, really good friends with. I have no idea how we met. <laughs> but it doesn't, you know, it doesn't even matter. Um, and then we just consistently, you know, we started working with each other. You're, you're the type of person that like puts out very, very, very good vibes. And, uh, you know, that's definitely the, the type of person that I want to be uh, hanging out with and doing work with. And so obviously we appreciate that and we appreciate the friendship and, and you having us on. Appreciate that, brother. Listen, look, let, let's kick off right away. I don't want to tell the story for you. Sometimes I make that mistake. I bring guests on. I'm like, oh, man, I love this guy. And then I tell the whole story. And then I'm like, introduce yourself. <laughs> I'm not going to do that to you. Not only because the story is unbelievable, and I want you to tell it, but there's so many new things going on. And I want you to tell the story of where Robotoaster started, when you guys met, when you had the vision for what it is today, make sure you tell us what it is today and then finish that with robot fuel. Yeah, <laughs> okay. Um, well, if, if you don't mind, I'll kick it off and then when we met, I'll let you take over. Cause I'll I'd be, cause we have, I would assume we have very different perspectives on this. So um, <laughs> potentially, so I, uh, I don't know how far back we want to go but in, in high school, me and, a, me and buddy and a couple of buddies always started, uh, started a company called Gold Coast. Uh, it was a skateboard snowboard brand. Uh, so we were pumping out t-shirts, we were doing hats, we had a skate team, we had our shirts and clothing in a couple different local skate stores. I'm from the western suburbs of Chicago. Um, and we started shooting skate videos and putting out content. And uh, we, we were just about to start getting into like competitions and stuff like that. And then I graduated high school. Uh, so, so my whole kind of trajectory kind of changed. But in that summer from graduating high school to going into college, we started doing a lot of work uh, with music. So like MySpace was a big thing. I think we have like a thousand followers on MySpace. I don't know if that's a good number or not, but it seemed like pretty legit at the time, I think. Um, so we started reaching out to a lot of like the Chicago hip hop artists actually, um, and getting in touch and kind of stretching those, those Gold Coast roots from the suburbs all the way down to the city. Um, I went to Columbia College. I went in as a film major. Uh, I pretty quickly found out that I didn't want to be, a, I wanted to continue to do film. I didn't want to be a film major because uh, I was already doing the practicing on like outside of school, uh, like shooting video and editing videos and this and that. Um, uh, so I changed my major to marketing advertising. Uh, I graduated from, from Columbia and I'm not sure, I don't know, year, a couple of years ago, <laughs> uh, multiple years ago. And uh, kind of continued and Gold Coast Snowboard Skateboard Company turned into this thing called Gold Coast TV, which was this underground hip hop YouTube channel. Uh, so we were putting videos onto YouTube back in like 2007, but we really didn't know like, we didn't really know like the ins and outs of it. We were just creating content, putting it out there, uh, but we were working with some really cool artists. We were working with Lupe Fiasco and his first and 15th label and a lot of artists underneath him. And we were just doing some, some really cool things that like it was just, to us at the time was just like, hanging out with these people that now had become our friends. We happened to shoot video and we would shoot content and we would put out stuff. And 
And back then, I mean, all these artists, you know, you might have be paid $200 to be on stage. You'd have a packed crowd. There'd be 30 cameras in the room and everybody wanted to shoot music videos for you or shoot photography for you. So like as an artist, it was like you were on top of the world because you had all these people wanting to create content for you. On the flip side, as a content creator, nobody wanted to pay you because there were so many people that were doing it uh, that they could do it for free. Uh, so as, as college went on, um, like we kind of kept doing that because it was fun. Um, and then I had to get a real job, uh, which I, I did uh, technical recruiting for open source developers uh, in Chicago. So those are software engineers doing uh, programming languages like PHP, Ruby on Rails. And this is kind of at the time that Chicago was really exploding or really starting to explode on the tech scene. Uh, but like the big financial firms and the VC companies weren't there yet. Like uh, Lightbank wasn't a thing yet. Groupon yeah. wasn't a thing yet. It was still called The Point. Um, so this is like way, way, way back when. So as I'm doing that, I started um, interacting and networking because, you know, as a technical recruiter, all you do is cold call all day. It's not fancy. It's not fun. It's a total grind. Um, and it's just, and you have, you have your, your boss just literally sitting right next to you, watching every single thing that you do. And it was really funny because we had, a, I had this like guy right who's, now. Yeah, exactly. Like right now. <laughs> yeah. So I had this guy, he was from Milwaukee and he was a big Brewers fan. So he would pretend that uh, that he'd be making calls, but really he'd be dialing into a Brewers hotline and listening to the Brewers game. And he would do that like all the time throughout the day. But since he was on the phone, nobody really gave him any slack. Um, but anyway, so it, was, so it was very interesting because like I, I started to get to know like the technology uh, like landscape of Chicago. And as I was doing that, um, my company had a marketing department. They were based out of Boston, uh, but all they did was clean up bad SEO. So they just combed the, the internet and just pushed down negative stories about the recruiting agencies because there's tons of negative stories out there. So I thought, hey, if we can elevate uh, the types of content that, that we're doing as a recruiting agency, especially on the open source side, that would be very interesting because the fact of the matter is that the team that I was on, we were doing very, very well. Like we were placing some of the best uh, open source developers at some of the best companies working with the best CEOs and doing like really, really awesome stuff because we were literally on like the cutting edge of that technology that just arrived to Chicago. So I was trying to kind of pitch myself to switch from a recruiter to be a marketing person in the Chicago office. The people in Boston didn't really see it that way. I started shooting some videos anyways. I put my own brand behind it. Uh, and then they got really mad about that. And they were like, you're using our resources uh, to push your own agenda. And in my mind, you know, yes, I'm on a team. Yes, I'm part of a company. But if I'm doing like people are going to work with me, just like just like people work with you, they work with, you know, financial people because they like them. They don't, you know, it's so I figure, OK, they're going to work with me. I'm putting out this content. They're going to come back to me. And then, in fact, the team's going to get more business. The company's going to get more business. It's a win win for everything. Uh, but they didn't really see it that way. So we kind of had a, a, a part ways. But in, in the midst of that, as I started, I came up with this name called Robo Toaster. Um, unfortunately, everybody always wants like, <laughs> like a, hey, what's the cool story behind that? And uh, the, the, the really the only story is that me and my friends in high school, we'd, we'd sit in study hall and we'd come up with these lists of like word jams. So things like Robo Toaster, these like super random words that, that would go together. Uh, there's a company, a uh, global uh, agency called Razorfish uh, that, yeah. kind of, that kind of plays off the same thing. And I always thought that was cool. Um, and what it also doesn't do, it doesn't lock you into a box. You know, there's these, there's these production companies and there's these content companies that will be, you know, uh, content company agency, you know, and it just locks you into a box um, with, with what Robotoaster does. It gives you the ability to kind of do whatever you want. Yes, we're a creative agency. We're a creative content agency where we do photography, video, branding, graphic, web, animation. But we can also do all these other things. We can throw parties. We do a boat party called Toast and Boats. We do, you know, all these other kind of networking, kind of uh, Chicago-based things. Um, and it, with a name like that, it kind of gives us the ability to to scale across different genres and different industries, um, while still like keeping like our main focus uh, in the creative services. So, kind of going back to right before I left the company, I started this thing called Robo Toaster. I had a sketch. Um, I kind of was doing it with a buddy at the company, um, and I really wasn't good at, at drawing. I think I was good maybe in like grade school, but now I'm not so good at it. Anyways, so he introduced me to Andrew over Facebook, and we chatted for, 
I don't know, three months or something. Yeah. Yeah. Our, uh, our, our first introduction was Facebook messenger. Uh, and Jimmy just kind of reached out and was just like, Hey, I have this logo. Can you make it? And I was like, sure. Uh, like I was, I was working at a, uh, I was actually working with my uncle doing a lot of presentation design and it was, uh, it's something that has helped me throughout my career, but I knew it was something that like, I didn't want to do forever. So I was kind of just looking for some freelance work on the side, just to remember why I enjoy design and all that good stuff. Uh, and then, yeah, so my buddy from high school introduced me to James and, uh, you know, he sent me this little ballpoint sketch on notebook paper and I turned it into a logo and kind of sent it back to him a week later or something. And then, uh, I, I, I was thinking about it just as like more of a, you know, from like a branding perspective, um, and just thinking like, Hey, if, if I were to do this, this is how I might make it. So I, I kind of like just on my own remade some stuff and then sent it back and was just like, you I was thinking about it a little bit, you know, maybe this would be a good direction if you wanted to actually like turn it into a brand. I think his next message was like, dude, you're stuck. Like, you know, you're in, right? Like, so. <laughs> yeah, it then, uh, yeah, it was funny because it was like, he sent like the original sketch, which was exactly, it was a, it was a toaster, you know, with the toaster slots, like almost has a space and he had these flamethrowers. So he's like, like that. And this toast would fly out and you would rocket flamethrowers at him. Um, and then he did like exactly that. So it was like exactly what I, what I asked him to do. And then I think it was like two weeks later, I get like another message and it was like, it was just that it was like, Hey, like this is basically like, this is better. And, uh, it's, it's super close to what our modern day, uh, his name is Durrell, uh, what our modern day Durrell is, um, which was super exciting. So, um, yeah. and then what, what is robo toaster today? So when we met almost a decade ago, and it's closer to a decade than probably five years. So I'll say a decade, even though y'all were probably in high school then <laughs> at, you were doing a video at a conference and I don't think I was speaking at it. I think I was just attending and we met through some mutual friends. Yeah, I think. But I think you guys I... were great. Energy was insane. Super kind. I'm like, these guys like are on skateboards filming this thing. They know everybody. Everyone likes them. And, you know, to me, I'm like, look, man, if you're not likable, I'm out. <laughs> like there is no room for jackasses on this tiny raft. Yeah. And, and I was like, love these guys. And that's how we first met at the conference. I can't remember which one it was, but at that time you were shooting video for the conference. I don't know how you shot video for free. Cause you've always charged me, but I <laughs> love you for it. But what is Robo Toaster today outside of just filming content? Yeah. Um, I would say today we work in a, in a couple different ways with people. Um, I, I would say a lot of the time we come in where companies don't have internal creative or they do have internal creative, but we're kind of like the supercharger on the engine that can, you know, push it further. Um, and, and that supercharger is always burning, baby. Not like a turbo. It's always burning. Robot fuel. <laughs> uh, and, you know, that's, that's something that like, you know, when we first started out, it was kind of honestly, we were doing a lot of the stuff that you're talking about, like going to events and filming. I remember the first event I ever went to uh, under the Robo Toaster moniker was uh, a Technori pitch. Mm -hmm. And I think like uh, dude from uh, Siri, the guy that made Siri, Dad Catalyst. Oh yeah. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was just, we, I printed out some business cards on my mom's printer at home that said Robo Toaster with like our names on it. And we just showed up and started giving them to people. Yeah, it, was, it was just, yeah. everybody was just like, uh, okay. It sure. was, it was like, I, I think in the beginning, like we started off in the events, in the events world because that the, the Chicago tech market was so new that nobody was, nobody was filming it. That's why I, I would, it would blow my mind that we would have the co-founder or the founder of Siri on stage at this pitch event with probably, I don't know how many people fit into the Chase Auditorium, hundreds upon hundreds upon hundreds of people fit yes. in there and nobody was recording it. I'm talking no, no photo cameras, no video cameras. I mean, live streaming wasn't really a thing yet. Um, and then I would like juxtapose, I think that's the word, like to the, uh, to the, the hip hop shows that I was talking about, where you would have a slam jam packed audience, a, a speaker or a, an artist on stage that nobody really knew outside of the Chicago area. And there would be 30, 40 cameras in there. Everyone. Yeah. Everyone. And it was just, it blew my mind. And I'm like, 
okay, there's no money in this room. And I know there's money in this room because all of the sponsors are venture capital people or these brands that everybody knows. I mean, Microsoft is sponsoring it. Chase Bank is sponsoring it. So it just, it was very, very easy to kind of inject ourselves into that event world um, because it was just, it was such low hanging fruit that it was just like, yeah, sure, we'll do that. So at that time, like we didn't mind getting, you know, couple hundred bucks here, a couple thousand bucks here, uh, because there was these events that were almost happening every single night. So at the end of the, at the end of the week, you did pretty well, you know, and it's not like, you know, we weren't doing these, we were just a couple of guys running around with cameras at the time, you know, we didn't have big equipment. So it wasn't that big of a weight to go and, and do this stuff. And plus, like, as you're doing it, the entire time you're networking because you're the only person in the room with a camera and everybody wants to talk and everybody wants to pitch their brand and everybody yes. wants to talk to you, especially when you start making these, these like recap videos and event recap videos and things like that. So now all of a sudden, like you're always just, you're building your network, you're building your network, you're building your network. Um, and then kind of from there, like I, I always kind of say, like I would, when, when we started, we would look for like a honeycomb. So we would find these like honeycomb, these pockets of people, um, and we would go for the queen, right? So I don't, I don't necessarily want to work with the comp. I don't want to do a, a video for the company that's pitching at the event. I want to do a video for the company that's running the event because that's all going to trickle down. Um, and same thing with like, you know, you get into these, um, these uh, like co-working spaces. You know, we did all of 1871's videos for the first like three years and we weren't, and individual companies into 1871's clients, we were 1871's clients. And then that transitioned over to another incubator space called Matter, which is a healthcare networking yep. space. Yeah. Same sort of thing. Yeah, and, now we're, are dope. and now we're doing it with, a, with another uh, uh, manufacturing hub called M-Hub. And, and then you kind of notice like within that too, it's like a lot of the same people, you know, that are running these kind of incubator spaces, they work with all of them. So you get to know them here, then they'll refer you over here, or they're literally going from director of marketing at 1871 to director of marketing at Matter to director of marketing at MHub because they've proven that they know how to build that sort of community. Yeah. Uh, so once this one reach, reaches like a critical mass where it can kind of run on its own, you know, they'll kind of transition over. So, and then like on the design side, I don't know if you want to talk about the design side, because we definitely started super, super video heavy. And then we started implementing little bits and pieces of design and other sort of mediums into that. And then that's where, you know, that's where Andrew definitely, definitely shines on that side. Yeah. And early on, it was a lot of events and a lot of like fast turnaround stuff, just because like Jimmy was saying, we, we just kind of needed some money. Um, so we we're not super picky about our clients. Because yeah, uh, we left our jobs with no <laughs> money. Jobs like like, you talk <laughs> about bootstrap. Like I had no money. I told I told my then girlfriend, now wife, and, and I remember I pulled into the gas station and I was like, hey, I got to tell you, I quit my job yesterday. And it was like, we were like rolling into the weekend. So I knew like I wasn't going to hit get hit too hard, not physically hit too hard by her, but like <laughs> from a mental standpoint. But uh, yeah, we, you know, we had to grind. So sorry. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, yeah, we, we quit our jobs and we were kind of just running, given we were taking any work that anybody would give us at that time. Um, you know, like, like I said, like early on in the video side, doing a lot of events, uh, on the design side, we got, uh, really lucky. One of the guys that we kind of started up with, um, hooked us up with a bar group in Chicago mm -hmm. and I was just doing like flyers and menus and logos and, you know, again, just like whatever people would throw my way. Um, and you know, I think just like throughout everything, all we've ever really wanted from people is just an opportunity to make some stuff and money and some money, you know, <laughs> if we get, if we get paid for it, that's better. Yeah. But like, you know, we just, uh, you know, I think, I think we're, we think about things in a way that, um, you know, it's, it, the, the marketing aspect of it is, um, you know, something that we've kind of like learned along the way, but like all the stuff that Jimmy was talking about, the, uh, you know, the, the roots of just shooting because we like to shoot or drawing because we like to draw, like that's, it, it all kind of starts there. And it's, um, you know, I think, I think from that place, then, you know, we're able to get, uh, we're able to get good results because I think we're kind of good at what we do, but also, you know, like you were saying, if, if, uh, if we were jerks about it, then nobody would want to work with us. Yeah. So it's, it's that combination of, of the two. Mm -hmm. So, so that's what I, that's what I remember. So that's what I remember 
is meeting two young men that in any space you occupied, everyone was so favorable to you. And I think my impression from the outside looking in, because I was already an old man then, was I was like, these guys aren't just likable, but they're so humble. And the fact that they're so talented, likable and humble, meaning willing to just consider any opportunity. You just struck me as the guys who would take a conversation with anyone, whether you thought that person could pay you or not, if you could get down with the concept, the idea, the opportunity, the project, and you're like, I'm all in, whether it was a hundred bucks or $10,000. Tell me, tell me about how the two of you knew that you were so aligned in that, in, in, in the balance between talent, likability, and humility. Because I, I look, I'd say this to Rose. I say this to friends we have in common. I'm like, these guys are, are like, they're aces in those three categories. And that's how I always look at you is just uber talented, so freaking likable. Just, just character is at the top of the top. And, uh, and then just humble. Yeah. Tell I me mean, about when you guys figured out that you were aligned in that. I, I don't, I mean, at least for me, like, I don't know if there was ever like a moment that's like, oh man, like I could see myself doing business with this guy who I met over Facebook through somebody who like, I didn't even really know, um, for the next 10 years, which I think we're almost at like 10 years uh, doing this. So that's awesome. I think it was like, I, you know, I have this theory that like part of it was because that we met under like this guidelines of like, he's creative, I'm creative. We don't know each other. So there's no baggage or history or there wasn't a friendship because we didn't know each other. So we built a business and then we developed a friendship. I mean, the, the friendship happened very fast. I mean, we were hanging out at each other's houses like every single day, coffee shops, this and that. But it wasn't like two friends that were like, hey, let's, you know, like, let's get in business together. Um, and I know like all of your ins and outs and your flaws and you know mine. So like we could kind of pick at each other and I think that could potentially lead you down a, like a bad road. Um, so we were just able to, you know, find something in common that we both like to do, which was create um, and, and kind of build from that. I also think it's, I think there's people that start businesses that could be like me starting a business as a, uh, um, a motorcycle designer. I don't know anything about that. I would need to reach out to a million different people to build a motorcycle. I know about video. So I started a company that is about video. It's something that like if everything, if all the shoes dropped and everybody fell away from me and got mad at me or whatever it might be, I could still do that business. I could still generate revenue for myself, for my family. And I think at the end of the day, we're an eight person team now, but every, every category that we've stretched our little fingers into from design to photography, to branding, to illustration, if everybody left, God forbid, we do not want that. <laughs> uh, but if everybody left, Andrew and I, we'd have to scale down, but we could still continue the business, um, which I think is super important versus like, you know, some of the, these, the, you know, not to throw shade on tech people, but like they have to, they have to, if they're not a technical co-founder, they have to refer, they have, they need outside resources. And if those outside resources leave them, they don't know how to program. So that leaves them in a very, very tough spot. Well, and I, you know, just to kind of get back to what you're asking Manny about, uh, just like how we recognize each other. And, you know, I, obviously you know this, but, um, you know, hustle recognizes hustle. And like, yeah. I, for, for sure, like Jimmy's one of the hardest working people I've ever met in my entire life. And, uh, you know, super inspiring for me. Like I, I didn't do the, I, I was not a self-starter growing up, you know, just like start my own company or anything like that. Like I kind of like, I got super inspired by like his drive to kind of just like go out there and just like try some stuff. Uh, and I think, you know, that's kind of, that's the way that we got to this point where we're at. And uh, you know, it was something that like made me work harder because I was like, oh, okay, you know, like I see him working really hard. Like I want to work hard. And I think we just kind of like pushed each other and kept pushing each other. And like, even today, um, you know, like whenever we're doing work in the company, like it's, it's, it's the talent that we have right now is awesome. 
Like it's, we've never, yeah. we've never been as good as we are right now at what we do. Uh, and it's insane. And it's, it's super cool because I feel like uh, it's not, it's not anything that is like maybe even conscious, but I feel like everybody that makes something like wants to impress everybody else in the company. It's just kind of like that, um, you know, like we see each other like pushing. And so like, you know, it makes us push harder. Um, and you know, that, that has yielded some awesome results in the last couple of years. And, you know, it's, it's given us a lot of really good opportunities with, um, with a lot of companies that, uh, you know, frankly, like, I didn't ever think we'd be working. With. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, the, uh, the, the drive was, was what I noticed early on. And it's, I, I think that's what, what, uh, keeps us going today. And, uh, I think just the, uh, again, like it was, it was never me growing up, like just trying stuff. Like that was something that I totally picked up and learned from James. Um, and you know, now it's, that's that kind of transition into the stuff like robot fuel, like you were talking about, like the reason that robot fuel exists is because like, I kind of wanted to, to design a coffee brand. And, uh, so we were just like, all right, let's, let's see what happens. Let's buy some coffee beans, let's buy some bags. I'll buy a stamp, you know, we'll keep the cost really low and then we'll just, you know, we'll send it to people. We'll drink it ourselves, and then uh, if it doesn't work out, that's fine. That's you totally know? fine. Yeah. But it's a portfolio piece that I can then go and show somebody else of like, hey, here's logo design, here's packaging, here's some marketing efforts, um, you know. And that's uh, it, it, if nothing else happens, like it's it, at least it looks cool. So. Yeah, and I and I think like you know along along with that is like the you know kind of going back to to what you were saying. It's uh, I don't know the kindness. Like Andrew is like a very like kind person, and I think super. That, like, that's why that's why I interact with him a lot more in our relationships. <laughs> <laughs> they don't tell people. Yeah, um, but uh, I, I think it's you know obviously you never want to burn a bridge. You know, there's certain circumstances that things do happen that you're like ah oh, you know that didn't go the way that you know, we anticipated that, like, I mean, you know, truth be told, like somewhat recently that happened. And, uh, but, but what did we do? We, you know, there, there was times in my life that I was so scared to like, if a client was calling and I knew I didn't have something ready for them that you, you, you could dodge them or anything like that. And I finally figured out, it's like, you know what, just pick up the phone because communication is key. So if they know exactly, yes. if they know what exactly what's happening and you're updating them, then like there's real, you know, they might be like, oh, disappointed that, you know, something maybe didn't happen on time or this or that, but you know, they're always going to respect that and you're not going to leave them hanging. Um, so the fact that, you know, we're doing that and we're approaching it like very, very, very transparently, like, I think that that goes a super long way. And then when you're doing that with people, then, you know, that person and you're doing good work, then that person has friends who need work. And then that just transitions to another potential customer. Um, and that's just a, been a huge way. I would say probably 90, probably 90% of our business is all referral. We do very, very little outbound sales. Every now and then I'll pick up a, 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 the phone and I'll like do cold calls because I'm like, let's do some cold calls today. Like, let's just go and like talk to people. Like I did that the other day. Um, but, uh, you know, it, I think a lot of the stuff is inbound, which is super helpful because those are super warm leads. Uh, tell me about, um, remind me, what, what year was it when the two of you met on uh, what you call Facebook Messenger? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not on Facebook anymore. Yeah. So, uh, uh, I think it was 2011. Like towards okay. the end of 2011. And then we LLC'd in March of 2012. Mm -hmm. what, what was the deal? What was the project? What was the opportunity? What was the relationship that came after that when the two of you said, this is dope. Like we're, we're getting hot. We're coming in hot. This is what we're going to do. Uh, man, I wish, I wish I could say we had a plan. <laughs> we did not. Yeah, was... you, you act like we've, we've had a roadmap. <laughs> We've had no roadmap, no maps. Wait, you just ruined the whole conversation. <laughs> oh, this is where the best yeah. learn from the best. Yeah, okay. So well, all those people that say they are the best and they know everything, I think they're lying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't think- They have really good marketing, that's it. I don't think anybody knows anything, especially when you're building a business because you yeah. never know what tomorrow's gonna bring. I and mean, I think in general, I mean, we knew, we knew what our skill set was no and we knew the possibility uh, the, like the types of work that we could do for people. And, um, you know, like, like Jimmy said, it was, uh, 
the the tech scene there was nobody doing what we were doing and so right. it was just kind of like like hey like this is a pretty big opportunity like so we at least recognized that there was opportunity there uh but the the actual uh <laughs> the actual plan was was kind of like make it up as we go along and it's i mean it still is today like i don't know what i'm doing there <laughs> but that that's okay right i mean look yeah. instinct oh, and intuition sure. got is important it's, right it's and huge. so yeah i think about so many moves you guys have made because again i've always been like a fan watching while also being a client of yours right for the last at least six seven years yeah and so i've seen a lot of different moves you've made with taking on really badass space in chicago before you were ready to mm -hmm. adding people before you were ready to yeah launching a coffee brand before you were ready to. And yeah. so to me, I mean, that's where, you know, I, I just have, uh, you know, you just have so much street credibility for me as an entrepreneur. When you make moves like that and, and from the outside, again, looking in as kind of like one of your financial guys, I'm like, really? Like right now's the good time to take on this massive space. Right now's a good time to add all these people. Right now's a good time to launch a coffee brand. And yet you make the shit work every time. Well, uh, yeah, I, I feel the same type of fear that you feel when you, <laughs> when you look at that from the outside, for sure. Uh, it's not, it, again, that's just kind of like an intuition thing. Like, and in, in currently, um, you know, it's something that we're in right now. Like, obviously last year was, uh, was rough for a lot of small companies like us. And, you know, it was really just making it through without having to lose anybody. It was, uh, I mean, that's, that's one of the things I'm most proud of for sure. Talk, talk, uh, talk about that. How does, how does a, a content company that typically or traditionally has to be face to face with someone to capture content, how does a content company like yours, a creative agency like yours stay busy and keep their people working? Because that's something just as your friend that I'm just so proud of both of you for, I mean, how do you freaking grow through a pandemic? being a content company, tell that story. Uh, man, uh, very <laughs> carefully, I guess. <laughs> like, it, it was, yeah, like you said, uh, I would say probably like 60 to 70% of our industry just disappeared overnight. Like yeah. uh, a lot of what we do, especially on the event side, uh, just requires a lot of people to get together. And if it's not if it's not covering an event, it's making things for an event or making a recap from an event or, uh, you know, again, just a lot of stuff and any type of video shoot, you're going to have to get some people in a room together. Mm -hmm. Um, and so it, it definitely took some time to just, uh, I mean, collectively the entire world was trying to figure it out. So we're not the only ones going through it, but, um, we figured out some ways we to, to work with, uh, you know, stock video or video that we've shot before, uh, added with mm. some motion graphics and some voiceover um, to still be able to, to create content like that. Um, you know, the, the, actual, uh, the actual shooting of video was not there, but we were finding other ways to still make video content. Mm. Um, and then again, like I said, almost back to the beginning, like we were, we were in grind mode. It was like, hey, what are people gonna pay us to do? Um, I'm, I'm not going to be picky at this point. Uh, I, I quit my job to start RT when I was working on PowerPoint, but like, I'll do some freaking PowerPoints right now if I have to. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, it was, yeah, definitely, definitely back to the grind. Yeah. Cause I think for, for, for a moment, like I, I obviously like when, when the pandemic started, like everybody put their head down, you know, and was like, okay, like we, we don't know what, what's going to happen in the next couple of months. So like marketing budgets got suspended even like some companies that, you know, cause we work a lot in utility and construction, manufacturing and stuff like that. So we knew that those businesses were gonna continue going. However, like their marketing, their marketing spend like ceased for a little bit. So luckily uh, I was actually like very, very proud of ourselves because we rolled into it unknowing that this was gonna happen, but we were pretty financially stable um, to at least like maintain what we were doing for the time being. Um, obviously as months and months and months went on, it got a little hairier and hairier and hairier. But then as months and months went on, people started to poke their heads out and say, okay, if this is gonna be the new normal, at least for the next year, maybe year and a half, we still need to grow our business. We still need to market. 
Um, and some of those companies, you know, they started reaching back out. And that's when, mm -hmm. again, we went from, okay, instead of shooting custom content, we're going to utilize stock. Instead of shooting uh, live conferences uh, or these large event production companies that are used to putting, you know, these huge multi, multi-million dollar conferences together, now they have to go virtual. They know how to do all the branding and all this and that, but they don't have the resources to do the editing or the post-production work. So now we become very, very important to some of these companies because now we can offer a resource and a talent pool that they don't have in-house and it's gonna be more cost-effective for us, for them to use us versus going and sourcing talent, onboarding talent, and then paying salaries you know, for years over years we, when they don't know if that, that business is, is gonna come back, back to normal, so. Yeah, I think, we, I think we just recognize that like, if we could make it through the worst of the pandemic, we'd be in a good spot. Mm -hmm. And then I, I think that's kind of where we're at right now is like, um, you know, we knew these opportunities were going to come back. And like I said, like the team that we have right now is, is awesome. And we knew that, yeah, again, if we could just kind of like weather that storm, like we'd be in a good spot to, to actually do some good work. So I, I love hearing about how, you entered into what's happened over this last year with just the same sort of unflinching commitment to the business and all the projects, all your clients and the, the eight person team that you now have. Yeah. I yeah. mean, that, that's awesome because I mean, like you said, and I know you, you know, uh, you kind of understated it, but so many other folks in your space, said, oh shit, you know what? I'm just going to close the door and go get a salary job somewhere. Mm -hmm. Or just take unemployment. <laughs> <laughs> I could be chilling on a beach on that unemployment, baby. <laughs> or or the ones who took unemployment and kept working. Yeah. 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 I know I a couple mean, of those. Hey, this uh, is, uh, this this is, is an America. unfiltered podcast. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think uh, like, I think that there's definitely a moment you know, it was really wild, like, um, because, you know, obviously there was the, the pandemic and then, you know, there was the, the racial instability that was happening in America. Um, and that, that was probably one of the times that I turned to Andrew and I was like, man, like, I know this is supposed to be hard. I'm totally fine with this being hard, but you're just piling on and piling on. And I was like, I'm not so sure it's supposed to be this hard. Um, because there's just so many things, you know, when, when you start a business and, and, and you, you're, you have employees and you have clients and you have all this stuff, there's so many things that are beyond your control. And like, that's just, that's just the nature of the beast. You know, you just kind of take it, take it in stride and it, it is what it is. Um, but those are normal things. I'm talking normal things. You know, you lose a client, a camera breaks, a computer goes down and you have to spend more money to do that. You know, you're talking like total shutdown like not knowing what's going to happen tomorrow. We have a storefront here in Chicago, you know, where some of the, the marching and, and looting and, and those sorts of things were happening. And it was, we had to board up our store and it was just like very, very uneasy. Um, but at the same time, it's like, you know, what are you going to do? You go, you board up your store, you paint a beautiful mural on, the, on it. You, you send out a positive message. We created some content about, you know, how Chicago will come back and this and that. And uh, we, we hunkered down with our team. We do team chats literally every single day now. Um, and we just keep moving. And, you know, if, if you, you know, you put out good, you know, you get good back in. And uh, I think, uh, you know, but at the same time, like having a business partner that is able to do that, I think I'm definitely more of a, uh, I'm more of a, hey, let's, let's do this. And Andrew's like, can we think about it just just for like one second let's just think about it just for just for one second and i'm like all right let's think about it and i mean there's definitely been times that he's reeled me back in there's definitely times that i've pushed him pushed him over the edge on on like going to do things and, and still to this day i don't think we've never had like a blowout fight we've never really gotten into it with each other um about anything. I don't know if that's because we're just not telling each other or. <laughs> I, mean, well, I think that's just, there's a, there's a mutual respect. And uh, yeah, I think that's, that's probably the most important thing. Um, and, you know, like, like you said, like during, during last year, like when we had to, we had to board up the store, that was probably the most surreal moment of my yeah. life. Cause it's, we, we've worked pretty hard to get to where we're at and, you know, 
Jimmy and I always kind of had this idea that like, if we had the opportunity to get a storefront office, we would do it. And, uh, you know, a couple years ago we did, and this place was a good hole. I, I don't know if I could swear. I'm sorry. That was, that was, that was one of the times that I had to be like, Andrew, we should do it, man. And he's like, I don't know about this. Cause we were moving from this awesome loft in the West loop to this yes. really, really yes. bad storefront. And it yes. Took, I mean, it took probably like two months to just, uh, we knocked down walls. We refinished yeah. the basement. We, we did it. Our, we did like, it. <laughs> us and his brother. You know, yeah. was like, <laughs> we just, we turned it into a place where people would actually want to work. Uh, Cause we recognize again, like that's, and there was another decision we had to make during the pandemic was to continue to, to hold on to this space. Cause it's still, I think it's still an asset. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we painted a big, beautiful mural towards the end of the summer last year that everybody sees. I don't know how many people drive down Ashland every day, but you know, there's a lot of eyes on the shop. Um, and I, you know, at, at every point last year, um, I guess I just didn't know what else I would do other than RT. Uh, like I, 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 we didn't really, there was like no thought in my mind of like going to do something else. It was just like, yeah. all right, cool. Like this is the next thing we have to deal with and yeah. let's just deal with it the best that we can. And, uh, you know, we'll kind of see what happens, but, um, I, I think that's that's always our mindset and it didn't really change at all last year yeah yeah and the sh- the shop like i think that that like it fits so well with our brand because again it's like yes at the heart of robotosa we're this we're a creative services company that produces content for for clients and customers but one of the main reasons that well for me personally that i wanted to get a storefront is so that you can you can have touch points with literally people on the street you know, uh, there's, we have all these robots in the window. Uh, we have all these toys and all these goofy things in the window. So when little kids go by, their eyes are just glued to, to that. And it's just like, again, it's just like putting out things into the neighborhood, making the neighborhood better. Uh, we're in, we're on Ashland division and the, the little area that we're in is I'd say largely Hispanic. Um, so again, just like bettering that community, uh, like I'm Puerto Rican, so I have some pride in, in the Hispanic community and, uh, just that sort of thing, what we're able to do. And now again, because we have a storefront, we're able to take robot fuel from bags that we need to ship out to opening a door on the side of the building and doing a walk-up window, uh, and serving coffee, which is, which is what we're starting to do right now. So that goes along with the mural and it goes along with all this other stuff. And it's all stuff again, that we can do. 100% in-house. We don't need anybody else to help us with it. And it's it's part of the brand and it's just this ever kind of evolving thing that that's super exciting. And then we get to send, and then we have another custom branded thing that we can send to customers as thank yous, you know, clothes, yeah. hats, coffee, you know, all this, all this stuff. So I, um, I, 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 I love it when you talk about that because I think about the many times, you know, we've been separated for four years now, right? <laughs> Since when Samantha and I moved to Michigan with Ava and Atlas. And, but how, I, I just think about how many times I say, oh, my Robo Toaster guys, my Robo Toaster guys, my Robo Toaster guys. People are like, when did you get on social media? I'm like, I met these guys at a conference. They filmed my don't be a punk talk. <laughs> they gave it to me. My brothers were like, that's hilarious shit. You should put that online. And I was, and, and, and my YouTube channel was born like that. (laughs) This one video, nothing followed for like a year and a half, but it got me thinking about something Howard Tolman told me from 1871, almost a decade ago, when he said, Manny attention, people's attention will become the greatest currency of the world. Yeah. And either you have a great story and you're finding all the different ways to amplify that out there, or you don't, and you are not. And and, and that really resonated with me when we met, that was in the back of my mind. And when you filmed that talk at Fun Conference, it really got me thinking about the fact that, well, I have nothing on social media. I had no social media presence. I had no Facebook, nothing else. But it got me thinking, well, I'm in the business of wanting to help people, wanting to add value to people. And I come from an incredible family with with a ton of flaws, but a family that I'm unflinchingly eternally in love with. 
and so thankful for my parents, so thankful for my brothers, ridiculously thankful for my wife and her 19 years of patience. Mm -hmm. Um, And I just, I'm like, how do I tell that story? And then you guys came into my life. And I look, I will tell you, I, I say this in so many rooms you are not in. My entire perspective on attention being the world's greatest currency changed the day we met. And you know my guy, Chad Miles in Michigan. I'm so infinitely thankful to him as well. But Chad Miles exists because Jimmy and Andy existed in my life. Tell me about your first client ever. And how did that relationship come to be? Yeah, I mean, the very first client, which it wasn't even really a client, um, it was uh, Technori. They would do their pit, they would do their pitch <laughs> stuff, and then it, and and then it would be uh, built in Chicago. Was was shortly after that. So again, like a lot of these uh, events based companies that were doing these pitches, um, and then again, I would say like our first major client would be would be eighteen seventy one. And, uh, but yeah, I mean, how, like how that came to be, I mean, it's just, just networking, like Andrew said, just, just hustling. hustling. I mean, if you, there's so many opportunities when you go, I think it's always funny. It's like people go to these networking events and they don't network, you know, <laughs> <laughs> like they sit at the bar, which is totally, I know. Which, is, which is totally <laughs> fine. I think it, it, it is, it is funny because like, you know, when we would go to these networking events, like I would be filming and you know when you're working an event you don't necessarily there's like a certain level of like like social that you kind of want to get into um and sometimes i would just go there and i would be like all right let's do it let's go we'll talk to everybody and then other times i'm like man i worked all day and i need to film this event like i'm not talking to anybody so i'll go i'll bop around i'll film and then i'm the guy at the bar but then you meet the guy at the bar and he's you know he's somebody like you not to say you're always sitting at the bar or anything like that but (laughs) you know uh i think somebody told me that uh you know always talk to the person who's at the bar next to you because you never know who they're going to be uh and uh yeah i mean that was definitely part of part of it's just just networking hustle and uh and then just maintaining maintaining client relationships it took us a very very long time to figure out that uh retainers were important (laughs) everybody would always everybody would always ask um because in the beginning in the beginning uh there'd be all these tech companies that you know they're getting millions of dollars from these vc companies and andrew and i were like oh well we're doing pretty good stuff like maybe we can get some of that money and everybody would always ask us well how do you scale how do you scale because in a services business if i leave we don't have video anymore if andrew leaves we don't have design anymore uh so how do you scale it and everybody would always turn us down and we finally figured out the way that you scale is you get retainers and then you can scale your revenue you can bring in more employees and that's how you scale a services business like us. So it took us a long time to figure that out. But now that we have figured it out, I mean, that's definitely a huge uh, life support for, uh, you know, how we operate. What, what is your, well, let me, let me start over. What company or what person would the two of you love to do work for? That if somehow we figure it out in the next six months, you're going to be like, that was the most kick-ass thing that came out of this conversation today. <laughs> um, Go big. Man, I, that's tough. Like, I, I want to work with my friends. Like, I yeah. enjoy doing work with people that I like working with. And like, I don't know if they got money, like, that's sweet. But I, again, like, it's, I that's guess, why I dream, love you, dude. dream project and dream client would be like, Manny just lets me do whatever I want to yeah. do. But you are, but <laughs> you already do. <laughs> Actually, that's what I want to do. I want to paint. I, I'm. So, I was supposed to paint a wall at the office at some point. It's uh, still unpainted. So, you yeah, okay? That's my dream. That's my dream project then, and yeah. you're my dream client. Yeah. So. so I think you know it's a funny question because like when I, I I feel like when I first met Andrew and we would have these sorts of of conversations like okay like who do we want to work with how do we want to target like one one thing like he said was like oh I want to do work with the Blackhawks. And he did. He made a children's book for a, a former Blackhawks player, and the check was Chicago Blackhawks <laughs> in our bank account. And like, I don't think I've ever seen him smile bigger. <laughs> he was he was cheesing <laughs> on that. But um, 
Yeah, I, I don't know. I think like like for me, it's like a vid video is video. Like I don't necessarily want. I think working with cool clients is great. I always say like you know let's like skip the cool kids and just go get a nice corporate client <laughs> because it's because it's just it's safer. I don't want to say safer, but like what's what's fun about working with like corporate clients that have been in business forever is they lean on you for inspiration and they lean on you for information. So you have these, you have these, um, you know, utility companies, these manufacturing companies, these construction companies that have been doing business for years and years and years, and they have never thought about video. But these now financial planning companies, these financial <laughs> planning companies, right? Mortgage companies, all these, all these sorts of things. Uh, but now they they're forced to think about video because they have a younger generation that is becoming their marketing managers or their marketing directors, and they're basically shoving it down uh, the owners' throats saying like, hey, video is big, video is great. We need to do video. You could tell such an amazing story doing video, but you still have to sell it to the higher ups because it's very, sometimes it's very hard to quantify views and revenue because it, there's not direct links to that. So, you know, when we go in and we say, you know, we want to create a video for you. You know, you have people are like, oh, can you make it go viral? I'm like, no, I can't make it go viral. Like, that's all about like your distribution and like this and that. So, but that's how they're thinking. It's like, if I'm going to pay you X, I need to yield, you know, X percent back. And that's really not, that's not a good thinking. It's like exactly what you did. Like you went from having no social media presence to having multiple platforms, doing podcasts, doing all the sorts of stuff. And I guarantee you can see how that's impacted your business, how it's impacted your relationships, how it's impacted um, just your general presence within the financial community. Um, because like you're at the forefront of this sort of stuff and it's because you embrace something that is fairly new, even today, like video is fairly new. Um, but you know, you can see that impact. So, and and going back, I would say to the the dream client situation, uh, like you were absolutely someone who gave us a chance early on. Like we met you a couple of years after we started, but you gave us like an honest to God opportunity yeah. uh, that other people just like didn't didn't give us at the time. Uh, and so, we will forever be indebted to you for that opportunity and grateful uh, for your mentorship over the years. Cause it's, yeah. and, and so like, I, I, like when I do work for you, it's awesome. Like you, you tell me, you just kind of like, let me run. And uh, you, you let Jimmy run, you let us run on the podcast. Cause you trust us. And like, that is like, that's a dream client, honestly. Yeah. So thank you. Yeah. Thank you for the opportunities Thanks, that you've brother. given us. And, yeah. For this, man. Yeah. and clients that uh, pay for us to travel. <laughs> those are good <laughs> when that comes back. we like those i mean we, like we've been fortunate enough to be i mean we've gone all over the all over the u.s we've gone international uh we've gone down to south america we've we've yeah y'all you know. love the travel right i mean you you genuinely each individually and together enjoy traveling yeah not not to anything specific but enjoy the 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 journey and the ability to explore yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think if if you get stuck in like your own little bubble of your own town or your own city and you're not seeing, you know, things outside of those borders, like it's just a total detriment to like your how your brain works and growth of your mentality and stuff like that because like you're not seeing different perspectives, you're not seeing how people live in other areas. Um, and it's just I don't know. It's it's very very interesting sometimes when I watch, you know, I'll watch shows or movies or whatever and it'll be you know kids like for example there's a show in uh called the shy and it's about the south side of chicago and there's a scene in it where they go to the aquarium and one of the main characters in it he looks out at at uh, lake michigan and he goes wow that's beautiful is that the ocean and the other kid turns to him and is like no like that's that's lake michigan like you've never seen lake michigan before and like the whole show is around like you know, 63rd and Cottage, like, like you've never, it's, it, it, and, and there's stories like that that are happening every single day, all the time. And it's just, I think it's, you know, traveling and just being aware of, of what's happening and how the world works and different perspectives and this and that is just, is just so, so valuable. Um, and, and I mean, I have two kids and I mean, 
we, we feel really bad for, for Brooklyn, who's only 15 months, because she hasn't gotten to travel anyway. She's been a couple places, um, but uh, Cole, who's now four, I mean, in his first two years, we took that dude everywhere. He's been to like four countries already, like all sorts of states and stuff like that. And just like, I know his perspective, even though some of the stuff, you know, people will say, oh, he's too young to remember that, but he doesn't. I mean, because we ask him about it and we show him pictures and he's like, oh, I remember that, like this and that. And it's just like that perspective that he now has that the, the world is is bigger and it's this place with all this wonder and um, you know I just that's just super super important. So. Yeah, that's su- I, I I love the fact that you brought them up because I had them listed on something I wanted to ask you about, but I want to save it for the next comment. Sure. One more comment because I know we're running out of time. So you're almost at ten years. What's the obsession for the next ten? Where is the puck going for Robotoaster? I think we're developing a really good creative process. Um, it's, it's always like constantly in development. Um, but I think, again, with the, the team we have in place and the processes that we have in place, I think we are uh, positioning ourselves really well um, to go out and get some, some even bigger work than what we're doing. Again, I, I don't have like a client in specific that I want to go after, but uh, it's always just kind of like keeping our ear to the ground for some opportunities and then just throwing our hat in the ring. Um, you know, just again, like all we're, all we're really asking for is a chance with some of this stuff. Um, so I, I think definitely just trying to uh, keep pushing the work that we're doing, uh, you know, making sure our clients are happy, making sure things on the back end are good. Uh, and then definitely pushing uh pushing some robot fuel just always always trying to push our brand stuff because that's that's where we have we have creative license to do whatever we want like there's there's no rules for when we do that so that's when we can be at our most creative and what we learn from the stuff that we do for ourselves we can then go and you know pitch the clients and say like look we know how to do this here's how we can do it for you and how we can help you it's like sorry this example is like us pretending to kidnap one of our people in our new van that we got. But if you look how it's shot and how we did it, it's really well done. <laughs> We've made some goofy videos yeah. and, and showed them to uh, really professional Very corporate people. clients. <laughs> like, and yeah. it's just, it's a different, uh, I, I think I think people appreciate that about us that, um, you know, we're like, we'll throw anything at the wall and see what sticks. And so, uh, yeah, I think I just continuing to do that. I don't ever want to stop uh, trying to get weird with it. Yeah, yeah. I think I think for me, um, you know, very very much like what what Andrew said is is I want to maintain. Like I I would love to have a goal of, you know, eight to ten retainer clients just from from a from a client standpoint because if we're doing that, that'll give us the ability to scale the team a little bit more. I don't know if I would ever want to get bigger than like a fifteen person shop. Um, yes, and that I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I, I think that's just a lot of people, <laughs> but we'll if, 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 if we ever needed to do that, you know, when, when we cross that bridge, then, then we would do that. But I think what I, I keep harping on, on retainer stuff is because what, what retainer clients do is they give us the opportunity to do the creative stuff for RoboToaster. It gives us the balance of the revenue coming in and also the cushion and timeframes that we know things are set for kind of in the future. Okay, we can expect this for the next couple months. And that gives us the opportunity to focus on ourselves. Like what, what I would wanna do is I wanna maintain the client relationships. Don't get me wrong, cause our, we have one client who's gonna hear me say this and he's gonna be like, you're getting away from client work. That is not what we're saying. Um, I know this. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. I want to continue to maintain uh, great client relationships. I want to get even better at that. Like Andrew said, we the, every time we bring somebody new in, into the company, like we look for people that are experienced that can bring their experience into us so we can do better pre-production. We can do better production. Our post-production yeah. is better. And, and now that we're working with bigger and bigger customers and other agencies, like we see how they work. So it's like, okay, they're doing work for this. They're subbing it out to us, but now we know how they're pitching. So now we can adapt that um, into some of our, into some of our preparation that we're doing. Um, but when we're doing that, I, I really want to become more of a, like a production studio, pushing out our own content more regularly. Um, 
And that could be a, like a variety of things. So now you're going from RoboToaster, the content agency to RoboToaster, the production house, but we're creating our own stuff. We're creating our own, uh, our own creative concepts, whether they're for us uh, or directly for, for customers. Cause I think um, sometimes, you know, we work with customers in a variety of ways. They have their own creative ideas and we just need to execute it. Um, they know that they want a video, but they're not exactly sure. So we come up with a creative idea, but we're still kind of playing within this like space uh, that we can't get too crazy. We can't do this. Um, so, so you know, one of my one of my dreams is to be able to just you know consistently push out content for RoboToaster, whatever that could be. I'm talking films. I'm talking documentaries. Yes. I'm talking uh, short videos on businesses that we think are exciting, um, topics that we think are exciting. I think that's one of the main things. And, and we've also found that that gets, that gets people very, very excited. The fact that they, they're not always working on client work, that, they get to, that we get to say like, hey, I want you to come up with a creative concept, whether it's a spec for a client that you want to pursue or if it's just something that like we want to make a fake brand behind, or if it's something that we actually want to develop, like coffee brand or whatever it might be. I think that's that sort of stuff is super important. It's kind of like, I don't want to compare us to Google, but I think they do like a 20% thing, you know, 20% uh, of the week, like you have the ability to go and just do whatever you want. It kind of has to be associated with creating things for Google, but you just get to go and you get to do whatever you want. So the more like, again, retainer-based relationships that we have, the more flexibility yeah. that we have for for our people to get creative and uh, and just kind of kind of think outside of the box. So that that's that's kind of where I want to go. I, and, and look, I love that. I think a lot uh, many uh, companies that are meaningfully invested in creating incredible cultures and committed to the growth of their people know that not all growth comes from them specifically teaching them something new significant growth can come from just time to breathe and mm -hmm. think and i we call it dream space right go into dream space and and just reconnect with you know the things we thought about as a as a four-year-old like cole yeah you know flipping from uh superhero to superhero costume yeah we have to commit that uh this is the last comment i want to make because i know we have to wrap up but we have to commit that we are going to work together in 31 years. I think you have to be 35 to run for president of the United States. Oh, ne next <laughs> so year, we, I'm good. We have to have a commitment that in 31 years, we're going to collaborate on Cole's campaign Yeah, <laughs> for the White House. Yeah, I'm in. I'm in. I'm trying Agreed. to get... Uh, yeah, I'm trying to get my brother-in-law to uh, to run for something. You know, I, I feel like he's he'd be a really good first Hispanic. Wait, the uh, was he an attorney? Yeah, Ruben. Yeah, that's right, Ruben. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh he's, shoot! He's the man. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, look, so. um, always love being with you, and unfortunately, as an old man, I have a schedule, <laughs> and I know y'all have a schedule. But uh, we're, just, uh, we're just gonna take a nap. <laughs> It's on the schedule, right? Ridiculous. Uh, Jimmy, you, you have to send my love to, to Liz and, I and Cole in Brooklyn. I will. And, same, uh, same, uh, same from yeah. us to your family. I mean, this was incredible. I love being with you guys. I, it, it's, it's, I'm like, this is ridiculous that we, it took Chad getting us together for <laughs> us to get together. Um, but so thankful. Uh, look, the, the story is incredible. I mean, I've said this before and I, I want you to know I've often thought about there's a difference between a mentor and an advocate. And, and a mentor might be somebody who shares something that could be helpful to you from their experiences for your future decision-making process and experiences. But an advocate is just somebody who has your back in every room you're not in. And uh, I've always you know, uh, been very proud and humbled by the ability to be a uh, tremendous unflinching advocate of RoboToaster. Uh, I, people probably get sick of me talking about you guys in Detroit. Uh, someday we're going to have a Detroit office together. Hey, and, we could do that. Uh, just really proud of everything you've done. And I will say this, what you've done in the last 12 months alone is probably what I'm most proud of as just a friend, uh, a fan, and an advocate of, of you in the business that you've built. 
your team is incredible, very talented. And I'm thankful that we get to continue to have a personal and professional relationship. Folks want to find you. Where can they find you? The toasterstore.com. Yeah. That's where you get your robot fuel and all your RT merch. Yeah. And then we're on Instagram at Robot Toaster. Yeah. And 1055 North Ashland Avenue, Chicago, Illinois, 60622. If you want to stop by and say hey. <laughs> the 60622, yeah. man. My little brother will live there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's great. Loved having you guys on. Appreciate you uh, and keep dominating. Yes, absolutely. Total Michigan domination, right? Thanks for tuning into this week's episode. Our goal is to bring value to as many people as possible with these conversations. And we need your help to grow the podcast. Please leave a rating and review on Apple with your thoughts on the conversations so far. Thanks in advance. And until next time, keep attacking your life with grit and gratitude. You'll be surprised where it'll take you.